When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. Gonna be talking uh, Premier League uh, today. And uh, we had the transfer deadline come up uh, and the international break right after it. So uh, good to get back into Premier League action uh, tomorrow. But uh, wanted to talk about the major news from the transfer window, uh, which was obviously the return of Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester United. Now, here's the thing. It's been 12 years since Ronaldo last played for United. 12 years. It's, it's pretty crazy that... Uh, Ronaldo and Messi are still playing, to be honest, at this stage, uh, given their ages and how much they've done in soccer. Uh, but, yeah, Ronaldo back at United. Everyone's going crazy. Here's the thing, though. And uh, people have to understand this. United was not Ronaldo's first choice. The The, the decision really came down to Uh, Man City did not want Ronaldo. But I will say this. For what Ronaldo still brings to the table, I think it's a mistake that Pep Guardiola was so against bringing Ronaldo in. Because City does not have a true striker. At this stage of his career, Ronaldo remains a uh, top-class finisher in any league. I, I think it made it made sense for City to actually get Ronaldo. Now, obviously, you're not going to be able to play him the minutes of a starter and uh, run around as much as Pep is looking for. I think that's why Pep ultimately passed on Ronaldo. But at the end of the day, I, I think you have to kind of uh, you have to kind of take into account uh, the skill sets now. Uh, as I said, Ronaldo's still an excellent finisher. Still very good on uh, kicks and PKs. He knows he knows how to finish. The one thing I will say, though, for fantasy EPL purposes, 
you must take out Bruno in your lineups. I talked about him in the preview about what can stop Bruno. This is the one thing that can actually stop Bruno because Bruno is so dependent on having access to free kicks. He was the main PK taker at United. That's gone. When Ronaldo's playing, Bruno's value in terms of what he brings from a fantasy standpoint plummets. And at Bruno's price tag of being at, at a 12-figure range, uh, there's no way you can play him. I don't understand people wanting to play Ronaldo either at, uh, 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 at his price tag either because Ronaldo's also priced at 12. I would still play Ronaldo over Bruno at this stage because I know Ronaldo is taking penalties and he's more than likely given that it's only going to Solskjaer, his uh, former teammate as the manager. I'm pretty sure Ronaldo's probably taking the free kicks too. Even though Bruno probably should take them, Ronaldo's probably taking them too. So to me, it makes no sense to actually play Bruno. The one guy I actually do think is going to benefit from this that was not necessarily going to be in a regular rotation otherwise. I actually think this benefits uh, Mason Greenwood. Martial doesn't really fit. If you're playing Ronaldo, Martial doesn't truly fit in that squad. Greenwood can run box to box. And he's fast enough that he can uh, basically... A cover up for the ground that Ronaldo's not going to be able to cover. I like Greenwood, and again, we'll see if, about his creative abilities uh, working with uh, better players around him. We're going to find out because, you know, obviously he's already gotten off to a ridiculous start to the year with uh, three goals and three, uh, three straight games. But I'm very curious to see how this United squad looks. Because I said this before, I think they have a shot at winning the title. I think having someone like Ronaldo who's going to push those players to be more professional and more prepared game in, game out, I think is only going to help United as much as it pains me to say that. So... From my standpoint, I think you have to give a nod to United uh, in terms of championship win equity. However, to me, the signing that not enough people are talking about is Romelu Lukaku going back to Chelsea. Chelsea did not have a verified, legit striker that will put the fear of God into teams. Lukaku does that. Now, is Lukaku incredibly streaky? Yes. If he's your sole scoring option, as he was oftentimes at Everton and a couple other clubs, yes, he's going to frustrate you. But Chelsea has so many weapons and creatively can do so many different ways uh, that Tuchel's going to be able to exploit. That having a hammer like Lukaku right there that is just going to be a wrecking ball, just overpowering your teams. I mean, I laughed about it with uh, uh, Arsenal, but I knew it was going to happen. You put Lukaku against that undersized backline of uh, Arsenal, he's going to, I mean, he absolutely ragdolled them. 
absolutely ragdolled them. I don't care what excuses they want to say for Arsenal that day. There is no way, any way, shape, or form, that Ben White is going to be able to guard Lukaku on his own. There's no chance. None. I I don't care. I I know, and again, I like Ben White, but he's not your number one focal point in shutting down a a physical uh, uh, just stud like Lukaku. It's not going to happen. So to me, the team that strengthened the most in the transfer deadline is Chelsea because they addressed their number one concern. And in a huge way, uh, I mean, to me, teams should have been trying to block Lukaku from getting to Chelsea. The fact that they allowed uh, Lukaku to end up at Chelsea, I think it speaks more towards uh, teams just not really uh, understanding the, the, the landscape. I mean, Manchester City does not have a striker. I know Lukaku is not a uh, perfect fit for Pep Guardiola's system, but you don't have a striker. You didn't get a striker. You're, the teams around you got better. I don't know if you can legitimately say that City is still the favorite to win the title because I, I'm, ha- I'm having very strong doubts about that because if everyone else got better around you, and it was gonna. It it was not as though City is demonstrably better than these teams. Regardless, I thought it was gonna be uh, a pretty open race throughout the year. We we don't have another transfer window until we we get down uh, into the new year. I that's a lot of valuable time. Obviously, injuries can happen, but injuries struck City last year too. I think City is playing with fire given the fact that they did not dress the pressing concerns. I know Harry Kane did not uh, work out, but I'm sorry. Harry Kane should not have been the end-all, be-all for Manchester City, given what they have always the chance to accomplish, which is uh, is to get a treble. You can win the Premier League, obviously. You can win Champions League. You're good enough to do that. And you can win a domestic cup. To me... At the end of the day, once Harry Kane fell through and Spurs, for whatever reason, Spurs just stupidly are just being stubborn about uh, letting Kane go, you had to move on. I'm very much interested in seeing how this season plays out because now I got to say, City, there's a very real chance City could be the third best team in the Premier League. Uh, and when we start talking about uh, the league in about two months, there's a very real chance. And that's really of their own making. They, they did not make any moves. And I, I have, I have my doubts. I, I do have my doubts when it comes to Man City uh, of their championship contentions, because I think the signings that, uh, United and Chelsea did are actual legit upgrades. Uh, because as much as, uh, as I say this, uh, Ronaldo is not the player he once was, but what I'm talking about in terms of the professionalism, 
and being able to keep yourself in shape and in form, Ronaldo's top top of the world in that. And that's something that United has struggled with. Guys not being informed, getting injured. Like, Listen, do you work with a guy like Ronaldo? You're going to learn a thing or two, if you're listening at least. So, again, I I look at this and I kind of shake my head at City because I think they made their job a lot harder for themselves than it had any right to be uh, if they wanted to be a little bit, just a wee bit more proactive. In the meantime, what were some of the things that I got right off the bat? For months, I had people yelling at me that I didn't know what I was talking about when it came to Arsenal, that I was being too negative, that me saying that they would probably finish in the bottom half of the table uh, was a very ridiculous stance. And lo and behold... Arsenal opens up the year 0-3. Not surprising to me at all. Everyone else is shocked about how badly Arsenal's been dropped. But I will say this. When you have a team that is structurally flawed, where you're trying to play a style of football that requires you to have a holding midfielder and be able to control the midfield with possession... Yet you do not have anyone in your squad that can play center defense midfield, nor any midfielders that are very good retrieving the ball after they have lost it. Structurally, you will be found out very quickly. And especially when you still have multiple flaws in your back line where A, you're still a bit undersized. B, your backs are offensive-minded, yet do not communicate with their center backs, so they're constantly out of position. Arsenal, as a whole, are flawed right now. And you have a lot of mealy-mouth responses from their manager, Mikel Arteta. So, to me, Arsenal struggles early on, not surprising. Are they going to get better? Yeah, well, I shouldn't say yeah, I'd say they should, but the schedule gets easier for them, but it's going to be, it's going to be a rough campaign. I, I was pretty open about this, uh, uh, beforehand. It, it doesn't matter who they sign from Lester. Lester's not going to give them anyone of note that's going to structurally change the shape and the performance of the team because what Arsenal lacks is a calming influence in their back third because they got a bunch of players signed in trying to communicate with each other on the back line. You don't have a leader in the midfield. You don't have a leader in the locker room, obviously. If you watch Arsenal play, it's obvious that no one really has that leadership role to begin with. So uh, there's there's plenty of problems. And, of course, we got uh, the matchup against Norwich uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, which <laughs> folks are joking is the relegation battle. But as I said before, if you can't beat Norwich this year, 
when Norwich isn't actually trying, then you don't really have a case to make for yourself about not getting fired. Because any team that has any inclination of playing for Europe, your your manager deserves to get sacked if you lose to Norwich this year. Norwich is not trying to stay in the Premier League. Norwich is trying to uh, train out players so they can figure out if they can sell them or keep them for uh, their battle to get back into promotion next year when they uh, drop down into the championship. That's it. There, there's nothing else to it. Uh, surprises to me this year. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate that Wolves started 0-3 to begin the year, but they've been in every single game. They've lost every game by one goal. It's been 1-0 uh, against Wolves the entire way through. I still don't worry about them yet. They've played well. Uh, the only thing is uh, you, you, you do see a little bit of uh, a little bit of an issue with uh, I, I don't think it was the gr- best thing in the world to try to hold on to Triore and pay him. I think Triori is what he is in that he's a very fast attacking player, cannot finish to save his life. If he learns how to finish, then he becomes Lukaku. And you've got a gold mine. And then you look like a genius for holding on to him. I just don't know if he's ever going to have the finishing touch around his feet to become that kind of player. If from all accounts, it just doesn't look like it. I you know. I've been proven wrong before, but uh, Traore's had multiple shots at proving himself. Uh, Wolves definitely made a commitment to him. I'm just not entirely sure I would have done that. Uh, I I think there were other players they could have brought in uh, to actually uh, get them there, but uh, we'll see. We will definitely see. Uh, If Raul Jimenez uh, can get back to where he can be. Obviously, he had that incredibly scary uh, fractured skull injury last year. Uh, You know, that's going to take time to get over. But I still believe in the quality of that Wolf squad, so they should be there. Uh, Any other surprises uh, uh, to start the year? Uh, Not really. Not really. Most of these games have gone pretty much where I would uh, expect them to go. Obviously, you got Newcastle and Burnley down at the bottom, uh, near the bottom of the table, and a, a bunch of teams that are like right there amongst each other. Uh, but uh, in terms of the matchups tomorrow, obviously, I talked about Arsenal Norwich. If Arsenal cannot beat Norwich at home, it might actually result in Arteta getting fired, and I. I was the one saying that he's probably going to be able to last through the end of the year. Starting as badly as Arsenal has done and not getting three points at Norwich, that that probably uh, uh, gets enough vocal noise where you get demonstrations every day, uh, pretty much every other day at the stadium. Uh, because... It's just to only get a point or worse 
or like even a loss to Norwich. Uh, I, I just don't think there's much recovery for Arsenal. I think Arsenal pounds Norwich, to be honest. The Norwich does not offer much in terms of defensive uh, ability that Arsenal should be able to uh, put up uh, three or four goals on them. But I don't think that fixes, even remotely fixes what's wrong at Arsenal in the slightest. Brentford hosting Brighton. Interesting matchup here because I think Brentford might try to open it up here. Uh, uh, Brighton have made enough signings that they will be the favorite side. But I think Brentford uh, can sneak in a goal here. So I I, I like this one to be a 1-1 draw. Leicester versus Man City is the game of the day. And the one thing that City is vulnerable against with Leicester at all times is the counterattack. Pep knows it. He tries to guard against it. And yet still, they get caught by it. It's not a shocker if City drops points to Leicester. I think Leicester takes this one because for it just sometimes it's the matchup. And I think Leicester is a matchup that City... Wants to play their style. They want to play through the back. But they still are open to the counterattack. And Leicester just excels at it with Vardy. So I'm I'm looking at that and thinking that this is a spot where Leicester can pull off. Uh, uh, and it shouldn't even be considered an upset anymore. Leicester's been good enough that they can get results against top teams like City. But it's still technically an upset. But uh, I think Leicester at home uh, can get it done. Ronaldo's return as United at Old Trafford hosts Newcastle. I mean, this is just set up perfectly uh, for United to showcase Ronaldo, what he can still do. Uh, Newcastle, yes, they've played well to start the year, but... Yeah, this is going to be too much of a tall task. Uh, I think this is a 2-0 United victory. I I do not see Newcastle posing much of a threat, to be perfectly honest. Southampton hosting West Ham. Interesting. Because I think it's still too early to tell what we got in both of these teams. Folks will side with West Ham. I'm more of the opinion, I don't think West Ham is as good as they showed last year, but should still be a quality squad. I think this one ends in the draw. Watford hosting Wolves. I told you I liked how Wolves have performed this year. I think they get a win here. Uh, I'm taking Wolves. Uh, Maybe Watford gets a a goal on the board, but I I think Wolves either takes a 2-1 or 1-0. I I think they've played well enough that uh, they can uh, take care of business, uh, even though they're on uh, the road. And in terms of uh, uh, the afternoon game, it's going to be Chelsea uh, hosting Aston Villa. Listen, the Villa hype train is very high, but Chelsea is demonstrably better in Pretty much every aspect of the pitch. It's not even close, in my opinion. 
I think Chelsea stomps them, uh, wins it at least by two goals, and we call it a day. Uh, Sunday, we only have uh, one matchup, and I believe it's, yep, it, it is Leeds-Liverpool. I'm looking at this and saying, you know, Liverpool should get some goals here. It should be a very entertaining game, to say the least. I will probably be busy watching or getting ready for football and watching football, so I'll have to catch it on DVR. But I I do think that Liverpool uh, takes this one, whether it be 3-2 or 2-1. I think Liverpool gets a nod here. And then because we have Monday football, it's Everton versus Burnley. I told you, I think Burnley is very much at risk of getting relegated. Uh, Everton, even though they can be very inconsistent at times, I don't th- see them dropping points uh, at Goodison Park. Uh, they take, take care of business at home, get the W, and we move on from there. So, with that being said, uh, in terms of your fantasy EPL implications, I talked about it with Bruno. I do not think you should be playing Bruno. I think you need to get Bruno out of your lineups. My suggestion would be finding a pivot uh, off of Bruno. If you don't have Mason Greenwood in your squads, I would say you can go there. Uh, If you already have Greenwood on your teams, uh, the other option uh, you can look at would be... uh, Ben, uh, Ben, uh, Ben, uh, Saeed Ben Rama uh, for West Ham. Uh, he's going to be considerably cheaper. He's only, he's rising in pricing, obviously, but, um, uh, cause he started at six and I think he's at, uh, probably, uh, it's probably going to be 6.4 pounds now. Uh, but, uh, you can take the cost savings there. Or you can go with a a Ferran Torres. Again, City did not get a striker, so now it pretty much locks in Torres playing every game because someone's got to play that false nine role, and they're probably going to do Jesus, so uh, Torres seems to be the man at the time playing off of uh, Torres. Uh, I mean, uh, playing off of uh, Jesus uh, to... uh, uh, be the complimentary piece. So I like Torres uh, playing out of position in midfield as well. Uh, he's uh, uh, he's at seven pounds, uh, probably going to be increasing. Um, and uh, the, uh, the other option will be Diego Jota uh, for Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool still going to be a goal scoring threat. Jota, very creative. Uh, we've seen it from his time at Wolves, how creative he can be. Uh, again, uh, not cool. none of these options are going to replace what you got out of Bruno when he, you know, when he was when he had everything to himself. Bruno was just a free square, in my opinion. Even though as expensive as he was, it just made too much sense. With that being said. You know, you got the cost savings there going down the midfield. I would say you need to be bringing in Lukaku in your lineups immediately uh, as your forward. I don't know who on your rosters you're probably taking out, but Lukaku 
basically at eleven five, is not going to come cheap as a striker, but he's going to be a consistent source of goals. Chelsea have too many creative options to not get Lukaku's service. I think it's just too easy for Lukaku to get goals this year on this Chelsea squad. So I'm just saying it now. Have Lukaku in your lineups because his price is only going to shoot up from here. He's probably in about a month or two going to be well over 12 pounds in in terms of his uh, uh, value and cost. So uh, to me, that's the way to go. Uh, You know, I'm not taking out an Antonio from West Ham to bring in Lukaku, uh, but you know, there there should be spots you uh, you can upgrade your squad in order to bring uh, the man in because it, it's just uh, too straightforward, in my opinion, uh, of a play to go to uh, to uh, revise the roster. Uh, so uh, I'm out on Fernandez, and I'm taking a pass on Ronaldo, even though I think he's going to have uh, plenty of chances to score fantasy points because I think he's taking over. Uh, most, if not all, the set piece opportunities for United, and he's obviously taking the PKs. So uh, that's going to do it for the show. Uh, hopefully, this info is useful for you guys as uh, you get ready for uh, fancy Premier League action uh, tomorrow, and obviously watching games and know what to expect. So until next time, folks, have a good one, and uh, we'll uh, you'll hear from me again. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.